0: Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tulula Rose. So for a year now, I've been going to this coffee shop at least twice a week. Um, I think I've been wanting to perpetuate this kind of ideal writer stereotype where you have the writer at the coffee shop working and really like, I don't know, having glasses and drinking coffee, even though I can't really drink coffee. And then someone comes in sees them working and then they fall in love. And then that's how the next book's written. You you know, you know, all that stuff. And so I've been trying to do this stereotype of a writer. And over the last year, I've realized that There's something to writing in public places that I really love, um, partly because I really like eavesdropping on people's conversations. And I know that sounds really creepy, but when you do that, you start experiencing people as if you were a fly on the wall and you get to see who they are and without any context. Like you're just grabbing that one clip of that person. And so you can take it and create these characters based on the people you experience in these public places. And I do this when coffee shops, and I also used to do this when I had to go to the laundromat um, once a week. I would just sit there and write um, in my journal or I would bring like my laptop or something and just kind of write about everyone that I experienced in there. Yeah, I think there's something to this. I think those writers were smart for going to coffee shops. But lately, I've been experiencing this one duo that's been coming in. And they always seem to come in the same time I do. And I feel like they want me to see them. That's how I'm interpreting it because they're always there at the same time I am. But they come in and the woman, they sit down, um, and the woman usually starts talking about whoever she's dating. And the way she talks, it seems like she's, I will won't—I don't wanna say desperate, but it seems like she is very unsure of her choices in life. And he kind of just sits there and with this little smirk on his face and he absorbs everything she's saying. And then he'll like say something about how women always fight over men or how women are annoying or something to that effect. And at first it really bothered me because I was like, who? I wanted to go over there and just like shake her and be like, don't listen to this guy. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he clearly doesn't have any respect for women. Um, But then I realized like, when we are unsure of our situation, we seek out someone or something that seems like they are so sure. And this man was so sure. And he spoke in such black and white terms that it seemed like everything he said was factual instead of his opinion. And I think when you're in a state of not trusting yourself and feeling like you don't have any answer, it's really intoxicating to find someone that does feel like they have the answer. And he seemed like this kind of moral, high horse figure. I don't know if you've ever experienced those people. Like, everything seemed a stereotype to him. He he was really good at generalizing the world for himself. Like, he was convinced that his categorizations of others are always the end-all, be-all truth. So when he said things like, women are always competing over men, he didn't say it to start something or to be mean. He said it because you just honestly believe that. And everything he says is the truth of that reality. And that's kind of how he perpetuates it. And I realize that's very similar to like Victorian morality, Um, like in Victorian society and everything, you just had these laws of what is socially acceptable and you just had to follow it, which is very different from now where we kind of question everything and are finding our own morals and we're more focused on science than just the way things are, I guess you could say. I think that kind of goes back to the church of, the church would say what is good and what is evil, and you had to live by those terms and you couldn't question it. And now we're kind of transitioning where science is the lawmaker in that sense. Um, But he kind of had that Victorian-esque societal morality of things. Like he had these very clear ideas of what is valuable and what is true as if they were written in absolutes and I've noticed these kind of people are not swayed by nuance it's very black and white with no room for anything that could disrupt that value and he doesn't really I don't know about him personally but those kind of people don't really listen to nuances they don't really listen to the differences of experience they just say okay this is the law of society this is the law of value this is what you have to do and this is uh, the truth and Like I said, at first I was angry about it, and then I realized that I was judging him the same way he judged the world. I was generalizing his experience. And it really was no wonder that this woman was like pouring her soul to this man. Um, And I see it all the time, people doing it. Like they either do that with a system in terms of like astrology, personality tests, um, or they do it in a person, like a, a figure that they view as above them where it's very godly figure, um, celebrity, or therapy, or <laughs> I, I, I know that's weird to put celebrity and therapy in the same t- sentence, but some people really idolize their therapists and think that the therapist is holds all the answers or whatever you view as someone outside of yourself. And I, part of it is kind of like the system of instant solution where we can just Google everything and we don't have to critically think anymore and we don't have to possibly be wrong. And we've kind of created this culture of being so afraid of being wrong because everything is so instantaneous and you can't say anything or do anything that might go against that instantaneous result. That may be different from what you say or experience. And when we're not sure of ourselves or the decisions we're making, we seek out anyone or any system, like I said, to show us that truth. Um, And that truth can be found in anything. Science, the occult, personality tests, like I said, religion, philosophy, they all seek out to guide us to that capital T truth. Like the fundamental, the building blocks of all these systems, all these areas of study or society is all to bring us to that guidance of truth and when you look at it that way you realize that it doesn't even have to be an accurate truth i guess we could talk about what even is accurate in terms of truth but people seek that accuracy of truth and they kind of just latch on to whatever it is and the truth is supposed to most align with us And I'm a believer that truth, every truth is true for you. So (laughs) it's all about your individual truth and how to live by it. And that instead of seeking outside of yourself. So when we don't look for a truth that's most aligned to us, but look out for a truth that is separate from us, it really never works. But we seek this non-truth, which guides us into this, what I call black hole of clarity. So you have this black hole of clarity um, that really is this... The only way I can describe the black hole of clarity is that it's this room that is filled with nothingness and then a door appears and that door is what people call clarity. And the closer you run to it, the further it moves away. And The faster you run and everyone keeps saying that you have to get to this door in order to fill the room. But the truth is that you, you fill the room and then the door comes to you. Which we can get into. But that's kind of where my, my mind was at when I was watching this duo kind of go at it. And I've noticed it happened with a lot of people. Like a, a fair amount of people come to me and asking me for like my journey through spirituality or through mental health and all of these things with like art and just the stuff that I don't think I'm an expert in, but people come to me because they feel like I have a secret that they don't have. And that's all it really is. If you look at marketing and consumerism in general, we think that everyone and every company has this like secret that is going to bring us closer to clarity. See, when I was five, I told every single person that I encountered that I was going to be moving to Australia one day. I had no idea how planes worked. I didn't understand traveling, but I knew that I was going there. And a lot of people would say, like, oh, sure, no one really believed me. And I came from a really small town, so it was kind of odd to want to travel that far. Um, But fast forward to when I was turned 19. I'm sitting on a plane for 13 and a half hours going to Australia and I'm just in tears and I have this immense sense of calmness and peace on this plane and I'm just thinking to myself and I wrote it in my journal I don't know why I wrote it down but I was thinking that if I were to die on this plane right now it I would have absolutely no sense of regret because I knew that I was getting there to that place. And it was this feeling of, it didn't matter what the destination was, but it was the fact that I was moving towards something that made me feel that peace, that I knew I finally felt like I was living a purpose, I guess. And when the plane landed, I mean, I was so overjoyed and everything felt like I was in, like on an alien planet and it just felt like so joyful and i felt like a fairy i don't know how to explain it other than that but i was it just felt so right and so rich and pure and i mean i really enjoyed my time there like i i feel like i did enough there i went to the world heritage site where two world heritages overlapped um the Great Barrier Reef and the rainforest just huge ecosystems colliding I went to Fraser Island and I even there was a little (laughs) I went to um they have a lot of they're not zoos I don't know what to call them sanctuaries animal sanctuaries there and you can feed kangaroos and wallabies and everything and I went to feed a wallaby and then a little baby one came out of the mom's pouch and took my finger, like, and just held it, and I started crying because <laughs> I mean, who would think that a baby wallaby would come out and just hold your hand? I don't, I don't know, but I I did it, and it was just so fulfilling and amazing. And I was there for two and a half years, I think. Yeah, two and a half years, and I did it all and then that was it and i didn't know what to do after that i my world revolved around me knowing that i was going to go to australia one day and this like feeling of i had to get there all these years that i would somehow become myself if i got to australia that Australia was like this door that I was seeking in my own version of that black blank room. And this desire that everyone told me that I couldn't do it and I finally did it. But then when you get there and you feel like you're supposed to have this clarity, then you realize like, what's next? Like, what am I supposed to do? And after that came this huge sense of dread and, um, feeling of isolation and just despondent of i didn't know anything outside of this path to australia that i didn't realize that once you achieve something once you get to that thing that you have been looking for as the answer then you feel more lost than ever because your whole identity revolved around gaining this perspective gaining this experience that once you have it once you obtain that thing you're left with nothing because life is just a constant series of experiences so it can't end and yeah I felt so abandoned almost and just alone for that because I didn't know what to do but when I was sitting at this coffee shop listening to this woman talk to this guy I realized that like my experience with Australia is what everyone experiences with literally everything they think that if you get The job, or if you get the raise, or if you find love, if you get married, if you have kids, if you like constant if you, then you will find clarity. All of these ifs and shoulds of experience, and you get to these places and you think you'll receive clarity, that you'll receive an answer, that you'll receive your purpose, but then you're left with a shell of what you could be I guess is I don't have an answer for how to go about that feeling but I've noticed that that's that feeling is the black hole of clarity when I mentioned that and that's the building blocks of consumerism like clarity truth purpose um, whatever the fuck you want to call it we're all conditioned to believe that we don't have it that it's not innate within us, that the only way to get it is something far away from ourselves. And for me, it was always travel. And that was that ticket of, if I travel, if I run away from home, if I get somewhere else, then I'll finally feel like myself. But, and that was an extreme version because I literally was trying to go somewhere else outside of myself. So I kept running to all these places and I would move places and experience the places and kind of feel good in the moment, but then realize that I was still stuck with myself being nothing. I didn't feel like I had an identity. I didn't feel like I was myself because I was seeking. I was thinking that my identity and my purpose was tied to the place I lived. And we all do this with something. Um, It's like part of that human condition, but that truth, purpose, clarity. With consumerism, they need to tell you that you're not enough as yourself so that you buy into whatever they're selling. And with this culture of entrepreneurs and influencers and just more people being famous, I guess you could say, um, more mass consumerism, mass consumption of media, We're constantly being strung along to believe that our worth and our clarity is outside of ourselves. And I would argue that I don't even know what clarity is. Because I've been watching so many people that don't seem to have it. I haven't met one person that actually has it. Fully. I think we all have something that we feel like if we just get clarity on this one thing then we'll fully understand ourselves and we'll fully understand what it means to be successful or happy or in love or whatever thing you're seeking um, it seeks clarity first and this comes down to that paradox of we have to we have to open the door of clarity in order to receive Ourselves, but we can't have clarity until we create ourselves. So the only way to receive clarity is by filling your blank room, but we are programmed to believe that that room is blank because we don't have clarity. So it's this constant loop, and that's why I call it a black hole because it's almost like there's this no way out feeling. And we're told that observation is passive, but when you look at it, and with quantum physics and, and philosophy and understanding psychology and things like that, it seems like observation is an active experience. When you observe, you are affecting the perception of that object that you're observing. So I, I think I mentioned last time the double slit experiment. I won't get into it, but I will link a video if you're really curious about it. If you want to learn more about it. I don't, I mean, if you understand it, then I feel like you're doing something wrong. Because I don't think anyone actually understands it. (laughs) Um, But essentially, it was saying that electrons properties change when you have an observer involved versus when you don't. So Joe Dispenza talks about this because... When you're affecting your mind (laughs) or your mental state, you can use active observation as a way to recreate your own reality and recreate your outlook on life because we are kind of programmed to want comfortability, right? And Eckhart Tolle talks about this as well um, in a more esoteric way, but we, want the most comfortable option. So even if that comfortable option is suffering, we will still choose it. And I don't mean comfortable as in feels good. I mean what we know. It's not, we don't really like change. And when we don't want change in things and we want things to be very um, stuck in a pattern, then when we see suffering, we're taught just like with this clarity thing that we have to go outside of ourselves, we are taught that suffering is the normal, that suffering is just something we all have to go through and we don't reprogram our minds to create a better reality because in the observer effect, um, like let's say the lights are off and you have a desk in front of you You can't perceive the desk, so you don't know what the properties of the desk are. And the only way you can perceive the desk is to add light to it, to observe it. So the properties of it and the way you experience it is an active solution. And with the observer effect and the double slit experiment, there's this idea of the multiverse theory. I think it's level three multiverse theory where The electrons existed at the same time in both slots because we have an infinite number of timelines existing all at once. And until you have the observer effect, um, which is like Schrodinger's cat, like the cat is both dead and alive in the box until you open it, until you observe the path that you're going to take, then it won't happen. So that's why it feels like you have no clarity because you have all of these existing timelines happening all at once. And until you observe what action you want or what path you're going to observe is when it unfolds. So clarity is an act of decision, is an act of choosing. It's not something that comes to you. It's something that you create in your own reality. And it's hard to explain because you have your inner reality of like your mind and you're waiting for it to show up in your outer reality in the collective and everything so the way to do that and that's why I like jared spends on everything is because you're kind of retraining your brain to have a different mindset so that reality comes into fruition in existence in like the the real world and i put in quotes because I don't really even know what is real, but (laughs) that's a different topic for a different day. Um, And this sounds like common sense, but I think when you look at your life and see where you feel like you're hiding or you feel like you need clarity in order to do something, that kind of shows you how you're spiraling in this idea that you need something outside of yourself in order to receive the next version of yourself instead of being an active observer and deciding that next version of yourself for yourself and then the reality kind of reflects that back to you. I don't know if that makes sense but anyway I'm sitting in this coffee shop and this duo is talking about her relationships and how she doesn't want to how she doesn't want to feel like she's depending on anyone and all this stuff and yeah I'm just thinking about Australia and This idea of clarity and why we all seek it and we all feel like we need it in order to live happily and successfully. And in terms of relationships, I don't know. I've always struggled with the idea of relationships because it, it feels like a relationship today, modern relationships, comes from that need for clarity. Like, we constantly have to define the relationships and define the connections we have instead of just enjoying the connections we have and experiencing them and knowing that they're a reflection of our self-worth and they're a reflection of things we might be holding on to or triggers or ideas that we might not have looked at if we didn't engage in that connection in the first place. I'm not saying you should be in every connection and just deal with it. Um, If they're not treating you nicely, then no, never. But what I mean is what does the definition of a relationship between two people, how does that determine anything in the connection of two people? Like people seek the definition before the actual development of the connection. Like that seems like they're only seeking the definition not everything tied to it. And I was writing about this idea of relationships the other day because I was looking back to when I, I really struggled drawing hands for a really long time. And I feel like a lot of artists feel that way. They just fucking hate hands. And I struggled for so long because when you think of a hand, when you go to draw a hand, your brain instinctively places the idea of the hand in your mind. So you are trying to draw the idea of the hand rather than what you see. And that is, I mean, it's not just hands. Everyone who draws has an issue with that at first. Like when when you're first learning to draw, you go through a phase where you're trying to draw the idea of that thing, that object that you're perceiving rather than drawing what you perceive. And by that, like, if you tried to draw yourself, you'll start drawing what your mind thinks an eye is supposed to look like instead of drawing like the shapes and the lines and the shadows and all these little things that come together to make you or your eye or whatever you're trying to draw and so i always struggled with hands because my mind had this very clear idea of what a hand's supposed to look like and it wasn't until i started drawing those lines and the nuances and the shadows and just focusing on what is this non hand I'm seeing? What is this idea that I am perceiving in my reality and focusing on drawing those aspects? And then they build into what is a hand or whatever I'm perceiving as the hand right then and there in my reality. And that's how I view people when they are c- trying to create a relationship. They're trying to create the idea of what a relationship is rather than focusing on the nuances of that relationship. They're trying to focus on this bigger term, the shell of a relationship. They're trying to focus on the container of what holds a relationship rather than focusing on the bits inside the relationship, like the nuances, the lines, the shapes, the shadows of that relationship. that non-relationship actually and then see how that builds into whatever it builds into I, you don't need the definition of a relationship to have one I don't know if that makes sense but it's something I was thinking about especially when I was eavesdropping on this poor couple that was talking about their love lives and yeah I want to explore this idea of clarity more. I've been creating a lot of art with portals in it lately, and I think that's why, is because I'm trying to create um, portals to clarity, or whatever I think clarity is meant to look like. So you're not alone if you feel like you need clarity in order to continue. I mean, I do it all the time. But I think it's this active observation of why we feel we need clarity that will help propel us into a new stage of consumerism and new stage of living in joy and in constant flow rather than seeking. And yeah, I think that's where I'm gonna leave it today. Um, Thank you for listening. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can message me on Instagram. I'll put all the links down below. please leave a review. I would love to experience you and connect with you. Um, So yeah, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.